Hi, this is Sue Ringsdorf from Subi Homemaker, and you're listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Before we dig into this episode, I have a really quick favor to ask you. Go to your favorite podcast player, go to Eat Blog Talk, scroll down to the bottom where you see the ratings and review section. Leave Eat Blog Talk a five-star rating if you love this podcast and leave a great review. This will only benefit this podcast. It adds value. And I so very much appreciate your efforts with this. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, now on to the episode. Hello, food bloggers. Welcome to eBlog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and the confidence that will move the needle forward in their businesses. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I'm your host, Megan Porta, and you are listening to episode number 337. Today, I have Sue Ringsdorf with me. She is going to talk to us about starting a blog as a second chapter and viewing the blogging experience through a different lens. Sue started Subi Homemaker on her 50th birthday in October of 2016 after several months of contemplating what her next phase in life would be, what it would look like in her and her hubby's soon-to-be empty nest. The idea occurred after numerous friends planted the seed, you should start a blog, you should open a bakery. Her mother inspired her love of cooking and baking, and she honors her in a recipe category entitled Norma Jean's Kitchen. Oh, I love that. Hi, Sue. How are you doing today? Thanks so much for being here. Hi, I'm doing great. So good to be here, Megan. I know you've been such a just loyal listener and you reach out occasionally and I always appreciate seeing your name pop up. So I'm just super thrilled that you're here today on the podcast. Thank you. Okay, before we get into this amazing topic, tell us what your fun fact is. Well, I have 110 first cousins. 78, <laughs> 78 on my mom's side and 32 on my dad's side. Um, mom was one of 14 and so, and dad was one of eight. So they have just tons and tons of, of family or we what? do. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I've ever heard of anyone have that many cousins. That's so many. How do you keep track of them? We actually have a family Facebook page on my mom's side, which is really ah. helpful. My dad's side, we don't. But on my mom's side, actually, there's a spreadsheet with everybody's oh. names and addresses <gasps> and dates of birth. And so I actually went through there the other day just preparing for this. And I kind of wrote down like all of my cousin's names. <laughs> so, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then I had to kind of ask my siblings for my dad's just like, to make sure I got everyone on my dad's side because we don't have that, that nice spreadsheet handy. So, <laughs> and there are, there are also 177 great grandkids on my mom's side. So my grandmother would be, she would have 177 great grandkids. Obviously she's, she's not with oh, us anymore, but. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is so amazing. I don't know anyone who can say that. So do you guys have massive family reunions? Well, actually, there is going to be one on my mom's side this year. I'm probably not going to make it. I have made them in the past. It's been a while, but we always wear name tags when we go because, <laughs> you know, we don't know each other. And like my, my parents have both passed and at the funerals for both of them, I'd have cousins come through the line and, and introduce themselves, especially the older ones, because I was, I guess I was probably towards the younger side of the group. My mom was number nine, I believe. So yeah, I don't know a lot of my older cousins. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That is the coolest fun fact ever. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, 
Yeah. Well, let's start uh, talking about just starting a blog as a second chapter and doing that through a little bit of a different lens than probably most food bloggers do. I would like, yeah, most, (laughs) I wouldn't say all, (laughs) but most other food bloggers do not have the same perspective. So can you just share a little bit about your journey, food blogging, why you started and kind of where you're at now looking through this different lens? Yeah, I actually started it when I turned 50. So on my 50th birthday, I posted my first blog post. (laughs) So I got the idea a couple of months before. My youngest was 17, junior in high school. And uh, we always joked that I would go back to work when he went to school. And it's funny because I always, I joke because I think my husband thought it would be like, when he went to school, school, but I was like, no college. (laughs) So (laughs) I was preparing myself to sort of go and, you know, do something else because I wanted to be home with my kids, but I certainly wanted to do something else when they, when they went off to college. So I was preparing and yeah, so I just, I started it because my mom was a very big cook. She loved to bake. I learned how to bake from her. That was kind of what I started doing was baking bread. And she was starting to decline from Alzheimer's and I just wanted to, you know, capture her, the favorite recipes I've had of hers. So that's how I started it. And then I sort of morphed into, you know, the creation side. I think the more you cook, you know, the better you get. So that's, that's kind of how I started. And I just wanted to be, you know, something more than just a wife and mom. I had gone to college for a fi- with finance and, you know, all numbers and, I didn't like it. And that's one of the reasons I just was like, I want to do food. I want to do something creative. So in fact, my, my husband fired me from doing the home budget after a point because (laughs) I just, I just don't like the number side of it. And it's a struggle even to keep up with the stats for my blog. It's just like, eh, it's okay. I'm just going to keep on chugging along here. But yeah, so that's how I started it. Awesome. And I love this different perspective because I mentioned before, I won't say you know, all, but a lot of food bloggers have a different reason for entering this space. They're maybe not in a different chapter. Like you said, you were preparing for your kids to leave and just wanting a place for your family recipes to be stored and all of that. But a lot of food bloggers are like, they get in it to make the money ASAP, right? Like that's, they see the opportunity and they just hit the ground running and it's a completely different perspective. So I'm curious to hear all of the lessons and takeaways that you can shed light on that might benefit that other version of food blogger, because I think there's value in both ways to kind of approach it, right? Like there's definitely value in the super aggressive, I need, I'm going to make money and make this a business fast, but there's also value in your perspective. So I'm curious to hear you talk through that. And one of the things you touched on is that you started when you were 50. So a message I'm pulling away from that is that it is never too late to start. So if somebody is listening and wants to start a food blog, it is not too late. So speak to that. Yeah. I mean, it it really isn't. I mean, I sometimes have the imposter syndrome because I don't feel like I'm that like blogger that's just, you know, just sharing so many things and just cranking it out and making a ton of money. You know, I can have that, but I do think there is a place for all of us. We don't all have to be that person. And, you know, believe it or not, I did qualify for Mediavine after only a couple of years, just by doing it the way I wanted to do it, you know, just by 
I mean, I love that. I love that so much. I got lucky choosing the right words because I certainly didn't know anything about keywording. (laughs) Now, if I had to do it again, I would have, you know, I'd go back and I would do things a little bit more of the right way. But I am slowly getting into that. But really, my goal is to, you know, share the recipes have a voice. You know, I, I really want, I might, I might be jumping ahead here, but I, I really want to just sort of have that little bit of legacy or a little bit of a footprint in the world. You know, it's like, as you get older, you see that, you know, you see your parents aging and passing away. And I want to capture some of these recipes for my family and for my kids and grandkids to have. And that that's, you know, way more than me making money on it. So in fact, I've, gone back and I'm starting to put catch up on my travel posts because, you know, one time my youngest son said, mom, I want you to write your life story. So I feel like I'm kind of sharing a little bit of my life story slowly and my recipes. And then, you know, I updated my about me page and then just like some of the traveling and people may not even want to read the travel stuff, but my kids will always have it as long as they don't, you know, delete my domain. <laughs> I'm going to say you can never delete this. I feel like it's like you just want to have this little footprint in the world. And that's kind of what I'm trying to you know, partially do in, in the back of my mind. I'm like, I just I want to leave something out there for them. So, oh, yeah. I, I love your reasoning for doing it. And yeah, like that is so noble, just wanting to leave your little imprint on the world and on your family and how freaking cool that you got into Mediavine so quickly without doing like everything right, quote, everything right from the beginning. <laughs> like a lot of people do, like, they study up and they figure out what they need to do and they hop in and they do it and then they get into Mediavine quickly. But you did it just doing kind of what you wanted to do. That's right. There's so much power there. And some of those old posts are still going strong. And I've tweaked them a little bit, but some of those posts that were actually ranking and doing well, I knew nothing. I knew nothing about any of the, the keywording. I, I didn't do all text. You know, I had to go back and do all that. So I'm slowly catching up. So I'm 55 now and I'm kind of at the point where now I'm, I, I get it. I get what I need to do, but it is not my goal. It, I want to make money, but it's not like my primary goal. So yeah. That's so cool. So at some point, though, you started figuring out like, okay, I need to be doing this. I need to do keyword research. I probably need to get help in certain areas. So where did you seek help from? And where did you find most value, I guess? Yeah, I actually got NerdPress involved. So they, Andrew was super helpful. You know, first I was like, I don't want to spend that much money. But it really was helpful to have someone because I tried to figure out some of that technology part, but I just... I stayed up, you know, till midnight trying to figure some of this the stuff out that I needed to do, but I just couldn't keep up with it. And it just it's such a good peace of mind, obviously. And that's what that's the package I have with him. I think peace of mind. And <laughs> yes. it's a hundred percent worth it. It really is. And I can ask them just very basic questions and they'll handle it for me. I mean, I think they know, you know, they know me well enough now that they just they just go do it. They don't really a lot of times tell me how to do it. They just they just do whatever they need to do. So technology is not my friend and I'm not afraid to, you know, admit that. And I know that's the case with a lot of food bloggers. So I definitely think that's important. I was also going to mention just my family has been so helpful. They, you know, they test my recipes. They leave, I'm always asking for, you know, recipe reviews. So I can't ignore the fact that I have family and friends that are constantly leaving reviews and giving me advice or my sister will check something for grammar because she was a teacher and she's really good at it. So you know, it's just all those little things too. 
It takes a village. I mean, like we can, even when we're doing it like on our own, we're really not. We get help from so many areas that we don't give credit to. So I love that you're giving credit to even your family for checking grammar and testing your recipes because often we don't do that. So I love that you just did that. Yeah. Right. And then I have to mention also my my daughter-in-law. She does my social media. So she's the other person that I do pay to help me. And she, oh, yeah, she's that. good and she does things in like one-tenth of the time I could do it. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. So nice. So a theme I'm pulling out so far is like recognize what your shortcomings are or downfalls mm-hmm. and hire or get help in those areas. Right. Yeah. Right. That's Yes. Because I seriously would spend so long creating posts for Instagram and Facebook and she just, she just whips them out. So, so nice. Yeah. Right. You mentioned earlier about not maybe doing all the things you should be doing. So what is your perspective on social media? I mean, we do the basics. I do not do TikTok. Actually, Tiffany did set up a TikTok account for me. She doesn't put much out there because actually, I don't even know really how to do it. If I get on there, it just kind of is a turnoff. I just am more interested in food. And I feel like whenever I get on there, there's some, you know, crazy dancing or something. So (laughs) I just don't need anything else, you know, since I've started, it's like I slowly have gotten into some of the social media and I I am creating reels. You know, I have a very slow following, but, you know, I hope to gradually increase it, but it's just, it's not my priority at all. I want to be out there, but not, not too much. So. So yeah. it's okay to focus on the things that light you up and that you're good at and that's that are working as opposed to feeling like you have to do everything and be everywhere. Right, right, exactly. exactly. And I know this about you already, but talk more about the fact that you are just a lifelong learner and how that has helped you to grow as well. You consume a lot of podcasts. How else do you learn and do you recommend that others consume content that's going to help build their businesses. Yeah. I mean, you know, your podcast is something I just, uh, when I found yours, I just binged it. There's been some others that have started. Some of them have, aren't active anymore, but I love listening to all that, that all of that is so helpful. I mean, just the little things you pick up and, you know, it's so great that we can just, you know, put our AirPods in and start cooking and listen to this, you know, all the information, the free information on the internet. And then, you know, I get hooked on all the like true crime and, you know, (laughs) Brene Brown. And, you know, I, I just, it feels like sometimes my husband comes home and he goes, you know, you have your, your AirPod still in your ear, you know, because (laughs) there'll be nothing playing and it's still in like, oops, you know, so sometimes I, I guess it can be a little bit too much brain overload. In fact, I occasionally will try to listen to a podcast while, you know, writing a blog post and it doesn't work. Right. But I'll try. Yeah. So I'll half listen. And I'll, <laughs> so then I have to go back and correct all my work because I'm trying to listen to something. So yeah, I, I love technology in that way. And there is so much free content out there that's super helpful. So take advantage of that free, amazing value, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's exactly. so much of it. Okay, I'm curious about goals because it seems like just you're painting a picture where you're just like doing what you love and like, you know, everything's wonderful, but I'm sure you have to sit down and create goals and stick to them and put in the effort and all of that. So how do you go about that? Yeah, I have pretty, you know, simple goals. I want to be able to pay for vacations. You know, my husband and I, 
are obviously empty nesters. We are, you know, very big believers in going places. You know, we're we're going to be leaving for a our anniversary trip pretty soon. We kind of started falling in love with Hawaii the last several years, so we try to go there every year. And I just want to be able to, you know, fund our trips. Uh, we took our kids to Hawaii in January. You know, I don't hesitate when I buy, you know, kitchen gadgets and photography equipment. So it, it really is, you know, just it's simple goals. I love, you know, I am, I think I had my best month last month so far, wow. even over 2020. So I am growing and that's good. I, I think a lot of that is because I have been going back and kind of redoing some of those old posts and making them, you know, better keywording and everything. So, but yeah, my, my goals are not like, you know, I want to retire my husband. It would be nice, but you know, I probably won't. <laughs> so we still have a few more years of working. And, you know, more than anything, my goal is basically non statistic related. It's more just, I want to encourage, you know, my readers to gather their friends and family around the table you know, just family so important to me. And we've always done family dinners around the table. We have never used a TV tray. You know, we have a known technology zone. So I feel like, you know, my parents instilled that in me. We, we obviously there was no technology back then, but we had dinner. There was, I'm one of six kids, so there was eight of us. But yeah, that's what I'm just trying to do is just, you know, in, instill that in readers to cook and try new things. It does not have to be complicated, but to, you know, just gather your people. Oh, I love that. I love that you guys have carried the tradition too, to just keep a tech-free zone and keep it family-focused and yeah, just full of conversation and right. what mealtime is really about, right? And that is the message that you impart to your audience as well, which is so cool. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So goals, you do have goals and you obviously have things that you stay aligned with like that, but how do you put together your content schedule and like producing all of your content? How do you manage all of that? Yeah, <laughs> this is, this <laughs> yeah. is kind of funny because I, I really can't keep a schedule. I, ah. I will listen to podcasts and I'll be like, okay, this person you know, does Pinterest on Mondays and recipe creation on Tuesdays and writing on Wednesday. Like I have tried that, but I just can't do it. I think maybe from my years of being, you know, in the corporate world, and it wasn't, I guess it was maybe 13 or so years, you know, having to be at work at a certain time and, and doing everything according to, you know, the schedule at work. Now I just kind of allow myself to take each day on its own. If I feel like, you know, writing that day, I'll write. If I feel like, you know, making recipes and sometimes I'll just like, see something on social media and, and think to myself, I'm going to make that, you know, it, or I'm just going to make something really pretty today because I feel like I'm starting to really enjoy the photography part and just mm. creating something pretty. And sometimes it doesn't matter if it's going to be seen by a ton of people or, you know, something maybe just that my family really wants to eat. You know, it's, it's, it's just kind of, I don't know. I, I keep a sticky note, <laughs> chaotic schedule type. I nice. have a notebook. And I try to make notes, but it seems like every day I get a sticky note out and say, this is what I want to cook, or this is, these are the few errands I want to do. So I, I don't know. I, I kind of just like the grind of each day doing whatever the day brings. And if it's, you know, having friends over and having coffee and interrupting it, it's okay too. So like I said, the, the money is not the main reason I do this, but it's lovely. It's just that I like the grind of the day. 
Food bloggers, let's take a moment to talk about a few things that Eat Blog Talk has to offer that is going to add value to your business and accelerate your growth. First of all, head over to the Eat Blog Talk forum. It's totally free. It's off of Facebook and it has a bunch of valuable discussions inside. You can create your own discussion. You can self-promote. You can talk about products and services that you offer without worrying about being removed from the group. Go to forum.eatblogtalk.com to check it out. Also, I have hosted a few in-person retreats here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I'm going to continue that. They've been wildly successful. So much connection and growth and learning has occurred within these, and they're fun. So join us in the next one. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash spring 2022 retreat. You will get access to all of the information for retreats moving forward at that URL. Go there, join the waitlist for the fall retreat and beyond, and you will not be disappointed in that. Also, I want to mention the mastermind program. So for 2022, we are full on the mastermind program. Two groups are underway and they're going really well. There are transformations happening. It is such a powerful, positive group of like-minded peers, and we do so much collaboration and learning inside these groups. We will open up new groups starting in 2023. So if you're interested in joining, join the wait list, go to eblogtalk.com and follow the prompts for the masterminds. And last but not least, I've started a group coaching program for foodie creators who are interested in becoming foodie podcasters. If this is you, send me an email, megan at eatblogtalk.com and let me know you're interested in this group coaching situation. Whether you just have an idea or you've already launched or anything in between, we will serve you and we show up twice a month on group coaching calls where we'll answer all the questions you need to get answered so you can start a successful foodie podcast. There are so many ways that we can accelerate your growth and add value to your business. So I hope that you will take advantage of some of these. And now we'll get back to the episode. It sounds like you do such a good job of staying true to yourself and being authentic and still finding success, but you're like, you know, you're doing things that you want to be doing, but that also occasionally work, right? So, I mean, your traffic is going up, so it's working, but you're also being you and doing what you want to do. Right. Exactly. That's my goal. And what would be your advice to others on along that line? Because we can become slaves to the keyword research and all, you know, all the things that we're supposed to be doing. You should be on Instagram and you should be doing stories and all of that. So speak to all of that and give encouragement. Yeah. I just think that you need to be true to who you are. Like I am never going to be someone that cooks vegan or gluten-free unless I have a family member that has some sort of a health issue, but I love to eat healthy food, you know? So that's kind of what I cook. I just, it's just maybe just like more of an everyday cook, focusing on healthy foods. Of course, I do a lot of bread because my mom did a lot of bread. We do a lot of grilling because my dad did a lot of grilling. You know, it really is back to the whole childhood thing. But I also, you know, really like cookies and easy desserts. You know, you're never going to find a, you know, three tiered cake on my site. I mean, never say never, right? But, you know, I love soups and salads and just everyday food that we want to eat. So I usually start the week going like, what do we want to eat? And that's kind of what I make. In fact, when it comes to the holidays, you know, I know that's the best traffic, but honestly, my January views were better than my December views. So I guess people like the healthy food still, you know, even though you don't make as much money in January, 
I just, that's kind of what I focus on. You know, you're still going to, you're going to find a little bit of everything, but I think in the end, it's really hard for me to cook something that's just over the top indulgent. Just, I mean, you know, you're probably going to look and see something on there and go, yeah, right, Sue, but (laughs) I don't do it that often. So I just think you, you kind of got to show who you are and what you like to eat. And I think that that's going to ring true for people that are reading it. It'll be like, this is, you know, you're there. People are going to find you. They're going to, the right people are going to find you by doing that. And that shines through when you're authentic and you stay true to yourself. I think people appreciate that and it carries through in the work that you do. So I completely agree with that. But that's not to say that you can't maybe dabble in things that you've never done. Like that you mentioned the three-tiered cake. I was one of those people that said, I will never create the three-layer cakes, but I have some (laughs) three-layer cakes because I got curious I was like, yeah, huh, they're so pretty. I wonder if I could do those. And I started and they were so fun. So never, yeah. like you said, never say never. Yeah, but never yes, say never yeah. for sure. I mean, I, I know people that are doing that and it's it's lovely. Like it's so, it's amazing to look at. I just don't also know that I'm very good at it. You know, I guess I could, the more you do things, the better you get. Yeah. I mean, I, I just started making sourdough in 2020, like the rest of the world. <laughs> and that's like my new thing. So I guess I could, you know, go that way, but I feel like I am more into the bread. And so if I'm going to go indulgent, maybe it's, it's, I'm the dough girl (laughs) instead of the cake girl. Right. And the great thing about food blogging is that it is a long game. So you have a lot of time to play with different things and things are going to evolve. And who knows in 20, you know, what is this year? In 2030, (laughs) you might be the three layer cake expert extraordinaire. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I'll have that bakery someday yes, that, that my bakery, friend suggested right. and I'll have three layer cakes. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Yeah, I, mean, I won't yeah, be surprised. You, you don't. Yeah. That's funny. I'm that's curious funny. how much community has played a role for you and like at what point did you dive into just immersing yourself in getting to know people and how that's gone for you? Right. Yeah. So I finally did get involved in a mastermind. I think it's been over a year now. So there's one girl that I met at the Mediavine concert, you know, back when, let's see, it was November of 2019 before the shutdown. And we started a mastermind and there's seven of us now and we meet every other Wednesday via Zoom. So it's great that they, they have shared so much with me. I'm, you know, again, sort of that, you know, imposter syndrome. Sometimes I don't know that I share enough with them. Oh, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. I try, but I feel like they are always coming up with new strategies and new things to do. And it's so, it's so nice because it's someplace that you can go to and, you know, we can text each other and we message each other and there's a, you know, we have a little Facebook group. So, you know, you can just ask any question and you can get, you'll get your answer because they are all so amazing and kind and generous. And, you know, I, I, they are, they are wonderful. So we did meet in person in Nashville last year and that was great. So maybe we'll get to do that again, but yeah. So, so that's really it. You know, I've only been to that one conference and so we, and then we have the mastermind and then I feel like I'm in a, you know, mini mastermind with all the little podcasts I listen to, but so, and I know you have the clubhouse group too, which I sometimes forget about. So I need yeah. to start listening and going Put into it there. on your calendar. We have great conversations every Thursday at noon Eastern. There's a little plug for Clubhouse. <laughs> okay. Thursday yeah. at noon Eastern. Every Thursday at noon. Down. Well, I shouldn't say every, I would say once a month, like there's some conflict 
you know, okay. so we don't do it, but yeah. most Thursdays we do. Okay. Yeah. I need to go And it is now. becoming a little club. Like we just, we've gotten to know each other really well. We ask, so it's more like, oh, how is this project going? Like we stay updated on projects and things that are on our radar. I don't know. It's a really cool place to get together. Yeah. So yeah, definitely join us there. And I love that you found a group. I think that is a vital piece to this job. And if it's missing, you know it and you suffer. Your business right. suffers. You suffer if you do not have that connection with like-minded peers. Things start going downhill and you start right. feeling lonely and burnt out and you need it. You need to find it. So just encouraging mm-hmm. everyone to look for that place and definitely start with the clubhouse rooms. Those are free. Come yes, I join will. in the conversations. And then from there, you know, you need something a little bit more probably small scale like what you do, Sue. But yeah, it's a good right. place to start. Right. Okay. So you mentioned before that you and your husband love going on vacations and taking breaks. So how do you manage that? Do you do, like you met, you also mentioned that you don't like schedules. So how do you <laughs> combine those two? Like you've got to plan ahead and prep ahead. Yeah. How does that work? I do plan ahead. That's like one thing I do well with scheduling. I feel like I'm constantly moving my content around, you know, like I don't, I'll go back and look and I, I, I put everything on Planoly and then my daughter-in-law schedules everything. But so I have actually scheduled out through the rest of this current month because we are going to be gone. I know that this isn't going to be broadcasted yet, but so I do go in advance. And so I try to do, you know, one or two new recipes, one redo every week. And so I'll have everything ready. So I have a lot of content ready. I just don't schedule my days out very much. So my husband and I, you know, we do vacation a lot. So when I get away, I pretty much, you know, leave it all behind. I don't do too much and everything's scheduled. And like this next time, I think I'm doing all redos. And so I won't have to even, you know, I won't even have to schedule those. So yeah. And, you know, you realize that you can still take breaks and everything it goes on and you still, you, know, you can go to, you're still going to make money every day. You know, So yeah. that's the nice part. You still, and sometimes you know, you'll do better than a day where you're doing the grind and you know, it's like amazing. Say, wow, I actually made a lot of money today doing laying on the beach. So <laughs> I think it's important to, you know, take the breaks and get away from the grind, even though I do love it. So, oh yeah, that is a point that I don't talk about enough on this podcast. I think that was so great to bring up because sometimes it's it helps your business to take those breaks, even mm-hmm. when it feels counterintuitive. Like if I take a break, I'm going to be missing out on revenue and future growth and all the opportunities, but that's actually not the case. Sometimes right. the break actually does good things behind the scenes. So it's yeah. necessary to do that once in a while. Right. And, you know, the corporate world has paid vacations. So you kind of think of it as you're still going to get paid when you go away. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't told many people this, but I put up a ton of content from January 1st through the end of April. And Mm -hmm. then I just kind of got burnt out on it. My plan was to continue with it, but I was like, huh, I'm really not feeling it for a little bit. And I had so much going on. I was hosting a retreat here in Minneapolis for food bloggers. I was launching a new mastermind group. There was so much. So I took a step back from my blog for one month. And I have never, in 12 years, I have never posted less than once a week. 
So it was wow. groundbreaking. It was momentous, but I did and it. You survived. And and I survived. I feel <laughs> like, yeah, I feel so much better. And I had a great traffic month and revenue month. So that's awesome. There you go. Yeah. It's yeah. worthwhile. Yeah. The proof is there. It's there. Okay, Sue, I am also curious. I have so much curiosity about your story. <laughs> so I have more curiosity. <laughs> what are your thoughts about like looking in other people's lanes and seeing what they're doing? Maybe they're on platforms that you feel like you should be on, but you're not on, or you're like, they're giving it more attention than you are. How do you deal with that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's very easy to get into the comparison game and I don't spend that much time on Instagram or Facebook. You know, that's the nice thing about hiring someone to do your social media because you just don't find that much time. You don't have to be out there. And so I'll just kind of limit the amount the what I spend is maybe a little bit of time at night in front of the TV, just, you know, let, just scrolling a little bit, but normally it's very short lived. So I think that I just, I don't get on there that much. I think I see the same few stories every time because, you know, the stories are, they feed whatever you've been looking at. So the the people in the very end, I don't ever see anything of what they're doing, but yeah, I, I just kind of get fueled on other things. Like if someone leaves a comment or a review, you know, I love that. So like my feedback is direct comments on the blog or you know, I had someone email me not too long ago. Uh, re- they returned it. I only have like, I have one weekly email that goes out on Friday and I call it five things Friday. And it's just, you know, I share what I shared this week and some recipe reviews on there. And then I always share like a couple personal things on there too. It's just kind of fun. It's like one, one, <laughs> one email that I send out and I'll get an occasional, you know, feedback email, return email that just says, you know, I love what you're doing. Keep sharing, you know, everyday recipes. And, you know, it's just so nice to get that little bit of feedback from people that I feel like I'm writing them like a little personal letter and they respond. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of where I get my, the, you know, that that's kind of what lights me up instead yeah. of the likes, because I have a very, I don't have a very big following on social media. So yeah. yeah and but. that's Okay. I was talking about this in a previous interview today, this same topic where you can, not you, but we collectively can get in ruts where we start focusing on the negative. And then once mm-hmm. you do that, it's like a buildup of negative, like compounds over time. Just one negative thought can lead to so many negative thoughts about yourself and your business. And then before you know it, you're like, I suck. I'm terrible. So her right. her thought was, and I love this, was just to like start being aware of it and recognizing it when you're comparing or when you feel down about some part of your business, stopping and doing exactly what you do, which is going over and looking at the fulfilling comments, the comments that are lighting you up, the comments showing you that you're doing good in the world. And that can completely turn that spiral around. So I just, there's so much power there too, but it is really hard. I mean, it's really tough to stop yourself when you're in it, right? Right. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I will receive something a little bit negative and I will, a lot of times I'll just email them privately and say, you know, what can I help you with? Or did you use the right size of ice cream maker? Cause I'd received something about an ice cream recipe. And then I created a separate recipe kind of for that person. And I went out there because they were using the wrong size. It wasn't the recipe, but and I replied back and that, that person was so appreciative, you know, I mean, just Aww. this little, 
you know, and I can do that because I don't have a massive blog. I understand most people can't do that, but I can do that. And it's just kind of nice to have that little personal back and forth. And it probably throws them off a little bit when they get a direct email or comment back like, oh, she was actually paying attention and it can turn around the just whole vibe of the conversation. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Really cool. It was nice. Yeah. I try to counter every negative comment with just oozing kindness, no matter what. Even if it's just a ridiculously mean comment, I'll just be like, I'll try to pull something positive out like, oh, I know you were trying to do this and I appreciate you or something that probably makes them mad. But I just want to like completely cover my blog and my business with kindness. And when people throw negativity into it, I have to counter with extra kindness. And I feel like that helps to just put a bubble of positivity and kindness around my whole business, if that makes sense. It's kind of weird. Right. (laughs) It's hard because sometimes you do take it personally. Yeah. My husband has to remind me of that too. She's like, because at first it did hurt a lot. And then I think over time I've, I've been, I've developed a thicker skin. And if someone puts a comment that you can tell they didn't make the recipe, I'm not going to approve it. And I get those, you know, they just critique the recipe without making it. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not approving that one. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. And you have the right to yeah, do that. Exactly. Okay. Is there anything we've forgotten? I had a lot of curious questions for you, but anything about your journey or your perspective that you feel like food bloggers need to hear? Well, I just, you know, back to the, it's never too late. I, I think that it's, it isn't, it, it's not too late. And I think that everybody can kind of develop their own path and we don't all have to take the same path. And it's still for me, I guess, uh, you know, my second chapter, it's, it's, it is sort of a career and my blog feels like an extension of me. And so I am very, you know, just cognizant of everything I write and I want to be kind and I want, I want people to find joy in looking at my site and, you know, I guess I just want to spread a little, you know, joy and kindness to the world because it's, it's, we need it. And so that's sort of my goal. And just, like I said, gathering people and, you know, making people understand that they can cook and they can follow these recipes and I'm here and I will, I will respond to any message that people send me. So you are definitely spreading joy and kindness and all the good things in the world because I feel it even before I officially met you, I felt it just having you in the space lifts the whole space up. So thank you for being here and being such a positive part of it. I really appreciate that. And it was just lovely to talk to you today. So thank you for taking the time for this. Thank you so much. Yes. Great. So to end, do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with? I wrote a few down. I, I know someone wrote this, but I don't know who it is. It just says, if you're lucky enough that your passion becomes your job, remember that your job is your passion. So in other words, you know, like I love to cook, so I'm creating this blog, but don't forget that it is your passion and not just a job, you know, trying to make money, like make it be something for me. I want to make it be, I want it to be something else. And so I don't want to lose the passion of cooking. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. We will put together a show notes page for you, Sue. So if you want to go look at those, you can go to eblogtalk.com forward slash Sue B. Homemaker. Tell everyone where they can find you on your site and on social media, et cetera. 
Yeah, it's just a Sue B. Homemaker. It's my name, S-U-E, and then B-E-E, like a bumblebee, um, Homemaker. And that's my blog. And then on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest, I'm on at Sue B. Homemaker. So I do awesome. not have a Twitter. Oh, and I don't think... I haven't logged into my Twitter account in a long time. I wonder if it's still active. I don't know that. I mean, <laughs> I know some I mine creators. Like yeah. Mine, I couldn't log in. So yeah. Oh gosh. I wonder if mine, I mean, it probably doesn't matter because I clearly, I haven't been there. So it's not that important yeah. to me, but right. I should maybe just check it out just out of curiosity. But okay. Right. Well, don't check for Sue on Twitter, but go everywhere else. <laughs> And yes, thank you again, Sue, so much for being here. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you posted it to your social media feed and stories. I will see you next time.